I'm Bob Sullivan, the new host of AARP's The Perfect Scam Podcast. And with Frank Abagnale and other top fraud experts, we're bringing you brand new episodes of America's most shocking scam stories. I got an email alerting me to 22 accounts that had been opened up in my name. Scam was masterfully designed. New episodes available now. Subscribe to The Perfect Scam Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Donato's just didn't add bacon to their pizzas. They added bacon to their bacon. Canadian bacon and hardwood smoked bacon. Or Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Get $2 off a large bacon duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. It's just Iris today to start, and I actually have a very special guest. Um, anyone who's been listening to this podcast since the very beginning knows that I started it because I had a friendship breakup with somebody who I was really close to, and I kind of felt like she ghosted me, and then I was like, well, maybe did I ghost her? Anyway, the truth is probably something in between, but um, that was about two years ago. This podcast started about a year and a half ago, and I have been always talking about like friendship and like you know, being honest and transparent with your friends. And I was like, I, in thinking about it, probably was not the most transparent to this person. Um, So I had been thinking about it and it had been on my mind. And then a mutual friend of ours and I had lunch and we were talking and this person came up um, just because they're still friends. And I was like, immediately felt like an overwhelming rush of being like, I should reach out to this person. Um, it turns out like her mother was not doing too well and I just felt like, you know, I didn't want to have a person out in the universe who I used to really care a lot about not feel good about our situation. Didn't mean we needed to be best friends or even friends, um, but more so just have a conversation to have some kind of a conclusion. So that happened and the rest is going to come up in the rest of this conversation. So Hang tight, and here is my conversation and interview with my ex-best friend. Hi, Erin. Hello. How are you? I am well. How are you? I am okay. So, I like, it's it's cold in my house, but anyway, this is not going to be, like, a full episode, but I just wanted to, like, invite you on to the podcast because I talk so much about you. I really, like, years ago, like, two years ago I did, um... And now, like, we recently started talking, so I was like, this will be a great episode for people to actually hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, I don't know, where should we begin? So, I think, every- <laughs> I think everybody on- that listens to this podcast actually knows, like, what I think happened. So, for those of you who are new, Anna and I used to be best friends. The title of this episode is going to be uh, an interview with my ex-best friend, but that's not like necessarily true. Cause I think that we are good now. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, but I still think it's a good title because everybody knows you on this podcast as my ex-best friend. So I mm-hmm. think it's relevant. Um, but a couple of weeks ago, Aaron and I started talking and we talked about like what my perspective was and then Aaron talked about what her perspective was, which I think we can talk a little bit about today. And we were able to kind of, I feel like, squash things and be good. So I just wanted to let everyone hear from you. Like, what did you, th- why don't you tell the story 
of what you can start at like the beginning of our friendship until like we stop talking, like whatever you want. Uh, yeah. So, um, as I've told you before, um, it was when, when we met, um, it was interesting because from the moment we met, we had hung out. And if we were not hanging out, we were at least talking every single weekend. And so I think we connected, we have similar personalities. So I think it was really easy for us to, to connect and kind of find, um, common ground within our friendship and then that led to us um moving in together which I you know had never hesitated with I had I was really excited to live with you and and I thought if nothing else it would just bring us closer if that was you know a possibility um and so and I think it did for a while I definitely think it did for a while um I do feel that at, at some point and I I couldn't tell you exactly when um that changed and it just seemed like you were upset with me, but I didn't know why. Um, and it, and I should have at some point, I should have asked you, I should have come to you and said, you know, what's going on? Did I do something wrong? But I didn't. Um, and I guess because, like, from my perspective and given who I am, if I'm upset with somebody, I try my best to talk to them about it um, to resolve the issue. So I, I do try my best to not leave it up to them to come to me. Um, and so I guess that's kind of where I was, I was viewing it from, um, or my perspective. Um, but that was unfair. I should have, I should have definitely come to you and asked you what was going on. And I think really, I noticed, um, one, when you came to celebrate my birthday, um, and did not stay for very long, um, and, you know, abruptly left, I knew then that there was a, an issue. And then, um, in terms of needing to get, you know, my old mail from you and the whole debacle around that and, um, you know, not wanting to see me to give it to me. And so then I really knew there was an issue. Um, and then I was told, um, that the reason you were upset with me was, uh, due to cat hair which I thought was very petty. Um, and so I, at that point, I was like, you know what, if that's really the reason, then I don't see it worth, you know, a, a me reaching out to you um, just because I thought that that was very petty. Um, and so it was really hard for me to, because I had offered to have the house clean professionally and everything like that, it was really hard for me to, but I also should have known again, given your personality and and who you are, that you would not be upset over something so small. Um, Or that if you were upset about something like that, that that you would easily bring that to my attention in some form or fashion. Um, So I should have known, given the history that we had, that there was more to it. Um, And so I definitely take responsibility as well for the falling out and not reaching out and not trying to reconcile what was going on. Yeah. Like I actually just never said anything. So anyone who, I mean, I, I, I'll take that back. I thought I was saying something, but then through talking to you, you were like, wait, I didn't take that seriously. And I think a good analogy, I'm like really big into analogies. is like, I, like I was telling you about one of my jobs when I saw you this weekend. And I was saying like the person who's my boss was like, well, you need to be using this set. You need to be blind copying all of your emails to your clients 
into Salesforce. And it was like an expectation. And the thing is, like, I didn't think it was an expectation. I just thought it was like a suggestion um, of like something that would be helpful. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that they were like actually going to be looking to see if I did that because it wasn't to me, it wasn't very clear. And I think that that's kind of what happened with us. Like, I think I was saying something to you. Like, I texted you at one point and I was like, hey, are you because I think what happened is like, I thought you were upset with me at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I can't really pinpoint exactly what happened, but like, I felt like you were upset with me. And then I just was like, I think I was hurt by it. And I feel like I was trying to, at that point, I just, it was like, uh, Jen and I say this, Jen, that you do know the one who moved to Denver. We like, we joke about, there's this saying called like a bitch eating crackers. And it was like, I had decided that you were like either upset with me or like didn't value our friendship as much. And so then at that point, I was just every single thing that happened. I was like, so irritated with you about it. I was, it would, could we just have been like anything? It wasn't the cat hair. Mm-hmm. I mean, but honestly, I don't think that if I weren't primarily hurt that like you saying things like, oh, like, are you sure that you want to have a girl? Cause you're so blunt. Like, I don't think I would have taken it as hard, like to be the end of the world. Like, even when I say it now, I'm like, well, I mean, like, I don't think that, like, the brain, the way that my brain is today, I'm like, oh, I don't really think she meant it that way. But it, at the time, I was just like, she thinks I'm a horrible person. And then also, I noticed that, like, I was, I think I was irritated at you already. And then now that I'm not irritated at you, I've noticed that, like, some of the things that would have been totally fine if I weren't annoyed with you started to annoy me. Mm-hmm. So like example, and this is stuff that I do to you. And I think you do it to me too, but that's because we know each other. So like, sometimes I will say like, when we were talking to Julie, I'll say, Oh no, because like Aaron would never do that. And like, maybe you fucking would. Right. Like, but in my, <laughs> mind, but in my mind, I'm like, no, no, no. I know Aaron and Aaron would like never do that. And I think that that's what you were saying when it was like, you don't want to move to the beach because you don't, like fucking sand like why would you like I think that's what it was but instead I was just like oh how dare you tell me that I don't want to move to the beach when in reality I I really don't want to move I mean I want to look at it I just don't think I want to live there because it's expensive and I don't want to really go to the sand all the time (laughs) it's hot and grow but like I think that you I was like she's saying what I would do and then sometimes I felt like if I was like oh no Erin I would love to live at the beach or whatever you'd be like but that doesn't really seem true like you I think that you were like, no, I know you. And like, why are you saying this? And then I would be annoyed with you for thinking that you knew me. And then I yeah. didn't want to live at the beach. And yes. I that, like, I noticed myself doing that to you too. Because when we were talking to Julie, I was like, oh no, like she would never do that. And I'm like, wait a second. Actually, you know what? Let me not say that. I don't want to speak for you. Maybe you, maybe you do. Like, I don't want to make it like I know every single thing about you. But I think it's like, if everybody's good, it's endearing to have a friend who feels that way about you. But I think because I was already just kind of, like my guard was up, it then became, you're judging me. And like, you, you think that, like, I don't know myself. And it was just like, a lot of that kind of stuff. No, and I and I agree with that. And so two points on that, um, to back up and go back to like, the comment about having a daughter. And so that was definitely never, I never said that. Or I never meant to have it come off in such a negative way. That's definitely not what it was. And I, and after you told me that after we had met a couple of weeks ago and, and I actually found out the reason why, you know, what had upset you and stuff like that, I thought about it. And I think what it was is I remember having a conversation with another friend of mine, who's a bit older than I am. And she has a daughter about my age. 
And um, her daughter was, I mean, her daughter's beautiful and everything and looks gorgeous and all this stuff and, and super smart and everything else like that. But I remember her mom telling me that she would say to her that she needs to stop eating so much because she's putting on oh too God, much, yes. she's putting on too much weight. And I'm like, you can't say that to her. I was like, I, I get I understand that you feel like if I can't say it to her, who could, but I was like, but you also, you need to be careful with how you say that because she might not be taking it the way that you're saying it. And it could come off as offensive or rude. Mm -hmm. And so I think when I made the comment to you about being blunt, it was never about you shouldn't have a daughter because you're just too blunt. It was more about like, it's fine to be blunt to your friends. I think depending on the circumstance and to various people in your life, but when it comes to children your own kids and especially female versus male I think it's different and I think we have to look at it differently and I think that's more of what it, that I was trying to like it's one thing to do it to your girlfriends and to your friends especially who are adults and stuff like that but it would be different to do it to a child and I think I was thinking more about what my other friend was saying to her daughter and and less about like you know so it wasn't really that I thought I definitely have no you know opinion about I mean, I, I think you'd be a great mom. You know what I mean? But at the same time, like, it's not my place to have an opinion about whether or not, like, I'm going to support you if you have a child, obviously. Like, I'm going to be here. I'm going to support you. I'm going to do all of the things that I can do to be there for you. Um, and I think having a friend, too, like, with parenting, too, having a friend that you can come to and to say, like, am I doing this right? Or am I doing this wrong? Or mm -hmm. was this the wrong thing to say? Like, I come to you all the time and ask you. I mean, I know I used to and I have recently where it's like, is this the wrong thing to say? Am I not being clear? Um, and so I think it was definitely I did not mean it in a negative way by any means. And and I almost thought because we both have agreed that we're both pretty like headstrong and we're both pretty you know so I think it was more of like we agree that we're this same we're this and I I mean you could easily say the same thing about me if I had a daughter like I'm well and like, like I could totally no I get what you're saying too and I think that honestly I would agree with you um about like I think people do need to be careful about like the things that they say and the reason I say that is like one of the reasons why I'm like I would love to have a girl I mean, but like, who knows, right? Like, I don't actually want to give birth to a child at all. So <laughs> yeah. I like, I, I really like, I think I would love to be a mom, but I just don't see pregnancy and childbirth as my path. Mm -hmm. I just, I'm the I same just way. don't think so. Yep. Um, and I'm, I was just talking to Mike today about, I was like, maybe we should just like talk to somebody about adopting because I'm just like, I really, I just cannot see myself pregnant. Like, I just don't think so. Um, anyway, but I, my mom, who is lovely, and sometimes she listens to this podcast, so I will preface this to say, I love my mom. She's great. I think a lot of the reason why I'm super resilient, I think I'm a very resilient person, is because I have my mom. Mm -hmm. But I swear to God, my mom literally told me the other day, she was like, when I was little, she would say shit like that to me all the time. Like, I remember one time I got the flu, and I was like sick so I wasn't eating and she was like well she's like I know you were sick but on the bright side she's like you lost a lot of weight and I would like really like you listen to shit your parents mm -hmm. say and obviously she didn't mean anything negative about it but like it stuck with me and she was like I was talking to her about that the other day and she's like but you know what she's like some other people have relationships with their daughter where like their daughter saw like that is like a helpful thing and I'm like I know but I think that like some people are more sensitive than others. Mm -hmm. And I definitely think that like, I'm a really hardcore external person, but I'm like a softie. Whenever you even talk to me about your ex, who is clearly a terrible person, <laughs> I'm like, well, 
like, well, listen. Like, yeah, like, but maybe like, it could work. Know. Yeah. Uh-huh. You, like, you have the, like, high hopes. Know. You have high hopes. High hopes. I know. I always do. I'm like, well, listen, I don't know. Like, maybe he'll change. I'm not really sure what's going to happen. Like, I just think can be kind of, like, like that. So, like, if people say things to me, like, I do take it to heart. But I think it's like what you said. I take a lot of, like, if I say something to somebody, like, I think I really tr- try to think about it. I've even made some comments on here where I'm like, and it's exactly what you were saying. Like, if I'm a bitch to you, it's usually because I'm trying to be a bitch. Because, like, I don't think my normal personality, it can be direct. But I don't think, like, it's my nature to just be overly nice and, like, try to help people probably too yeah. much and maybe be too forgiving. Um, but, yeah, no, I actually totally get what you're saying. Because I think that a lot of parents do that. Not because they're cruel. It's just, like, you don't think about it. And, like, some people think it would be, like, oh, I thought this was, like, a helpful thing to say. So, no, I totally I hear you. My mother. Well, yeah. My mother still thinks. She's like, I feel like that's like a helpful thing. And I'm like, mom, it's not a helpful thing. Maybe. <laughs> and maybe for some people it is. But I think like, I think right. at the end of the day, what we all just need to be more careful in, in all relationships, in friendships, in, in romantic relationships, in, in all aspects and relationships of our life, we just, we have to make sure that we let those around us know that if I, it, if I say something that upsets you, I want you to come and tell me. I'm not going to be mm-hmm. upset or offended if you come to me and say, hey, that really hurt my feelings. Or, hey, I took it like this. Is this how you meant it? Or did you mean it another way? You know, because it's we don't know. And it goes back to when you were saying how you made the comment about how I would never do that. And you're probably right. For the most part, knowing me and knowing my personality, you're most likely, I'm sure, right in most instances when you say, Aaron would never do that. I I have no doubt about that. And it doesn't upset me that you say that. But what it made me just think of when you said it a few minutes ago was, I went back and I know this is a very, like, this is is, um, completely, like, out there for an example. But if you think about it, everyone is capable of murder under the right circumstances. And I think that like, even though that's a a really far fetched idea, like I think given the right circumstance, depending on what's going on, even though it's not your typical, you know, way of behaving or thought process, things could be different and you could, are we thinking about Chris Watson? Oh, see, we could be. I mean, that's, you know, I, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Is that like, and you're capable of, yes, we all have the way we normally behave and the way we normally mm-hmm. respond to things. But there are within, you know, within certain actions, there's a reaction. And sometimes that reaction could be different. So, yes, I'm sure 99% of the time when you say, but Aaron would never do that, you're correct. It just every once in a while that could be different for me or for you or for anybody in the way that we react to something given what happened. Um, and so, totally. yeah. And, and I think it was really nice. Like I, like the other day, just for the podcast listeners, Aaron and I went to lunch and we were talking to another person that we now both know, Julie. And Julie was saying, she was like, I don't feel like anything that happened between you and Aaron was like, surprising or even that detrimental like meeting Mm -hmm. me and you um she was like it sounds like when you like uh, like what happens with a lot of friendships with women in their 20s this happens they don't talk about it 
and then they just like never talk mm-hmm. again. So I like think it was great to talk to somebody to normalize it because of course for me, I was like this is such a big deal. I was like this is so horrible. We're never gonna talk again or be friends. Like it's just never going to happen because this was like such a big deal. And in retrospect, I'm like yeah, like I probably could have just said something about this like two years ago. So I mean, it always seems so silly, but for me it's a really good life lesson. Cause like I was telling you because of the situation with you, I have been much more like, not even just like how I asked you, are you mad at me? And you were just like, no. And then that was, and I should have at that point said, okay, well, Hey, can we talk? Because like, here are a few things that happened that made me feel this way. And then it would have probably been fine. So now instead of me being so general with people, I think I told you that I won't mention any names, but like, I like I had something that happened to me and I was just like really uncomfortable and I was like I usually really truly would not have said anything I would have just been like well now I do not like Mm -hmm. this person and so we can no longer be friends but like I was like you know what maybe it was just a really big misunderstanding and this just happened so instead of letting it fester I'm going to talk to her and it was really a lot to do with like us being able to reconcile and just me being like you know, if you say something to somebody and they don't listen to you and you're like telling them this hurts your feelings and you're telling them that this, and you're, but you're, you're clear, you're like, here is exactly what happened. And the person's still not listening. I think that's very different from not being clear, but expecting the person to read your mind. So like, I think it was a shitty situation that we didn't talk for two years, but also I think as a person moving into my thirties and like, you know, being more of an adult than I was in my twenties, and it's a work in progress. I think it was a good lesson to just be like, you know, I need to be very clear if I feel like the friendship is worth it. Like if it's worth it to say something, then I should like, and be direct. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think too, part of that for anybody, you know, for all of us is a part of, you know, a part of the reason why we don't say anything is because I also think too, if the, I think it's a lot harder to say something if the friendship does matter to you because you're afraid of being rejected. And if you're rejected, then it's like, mm-hmm. well, did it not matter as much to them? So it's like, I don't want to be the one that, you know, finds out that you don't like me as much as I liked you. But at the same time, like I think right. too, it's going to, and, and unfortunately that may happen, you know, in certain instances with certain people that could happen. But then on the other side of that, which I know you've helped me realize in, in a couple of different in relationships in my life, then you have to decide, is it worth it then to you? Like, why are you investing the time and the energy into somebody if they don't really want to be friends with you in the first place, or they really don't value you as much as you value them? So I think at the end of the day, like it yeah. all just, it goes back to like it, you're always going to be better off regardless of the outcome to say something because it's going to put you in a better place, which is really, you know, what matters. And, and, and it could put the both of you in a better place together, which would be the best outcome, you know? Right. Um, and that's how you really know that this is a true friend and, and, a, and a friend for life. But I think that you do have to um, say something if for no other purpose than to put yourself in a better position and to, you know, kind of have clarity for yourself. No, I completely agree. And I think that one of the things is, I know you don't listen to this podcast, but now that you're on the podcast, you should <laughs> <Yeah>. listen to it. <laughs> we, we won't ever talk about you again unless you're on the show. Um, but I mean, actually, just so everyone knows, and Erin, like, I didn't say this to you, and you can say no, so think about it. But I know that I said that you and I would do this first part, and that I really wanted you to virtually meet. Jamie, who I usually do the mm-hmm. podcast with. And so like, maybe we can all have a podcast, like a conversation because she's had some friendships that have ended too. And I think it would be like great for all of us to talk actually, if you're willing. To yeah, absolutely. 
Okay, awesome. But anyway, so Jamie and I talk about this all the time about like, where is the line? And I think that this is a really great example of like, I, I emailed you and I wasn't, I didn't say really anything. I didn't say like, Hey, listen, like, um, this is why I was upset with you. I think I was just like, Hey, I hope you're doing well. Um, I would love to talk. And like, you were willing to do that. And then we talked. And then I think when we talked, I was clear and then you were clear. And I think it really helped, but I think that it was, if you had have said like, no, I, I was fully open to you just ignoring me or not saying anything, but I think I felt, or, or when us get like getting together, you were like going to be completely defensive and like that. Like I was really open to all of those things happening. And so I think that because I was open to it and like the outcome was good, it's made me more open to things like -hmm. with other people. And so I think it was a really positive experience. So I think, and, but I think it's possible too, like you said, for it to be a negative experience in terms of the person not responding or like not taking accountability or, you know, like you said, not valuing you as much as you value them. But ultimately, I think that for me, I'm a person who I hate questions. Um, I hate to not know. And I think that was a large part of the reason why I reached out to you is because I at least very much wanted to say, this is either going to be like a semicolon or it's going to be a period. It's going to be like one or the other um, because I hate having a question mark, which is what it was. And I think that even I would encourage people who are listening to this, even if you don't know what's going to happen, I think that you should reach out to that person so that you can have a conclusion to it. But also be like Aaron said, open to the fact that maybe this person isn't going to be able to give you what you want in return and valuing yourself enough to say, okay, like, here's the line, because that's what me and Jamie talk a lot about is like, we want to be forgiving and we want to be open. But like, when do you say like enough is enough? And I think that sometimes in friendship, it's just done. And I think that one of the people has to kind of decide that. But I first think there probably needs to be some clarity of communication. Absolutely. And I think too, for like myself, I'm very big on, um, I, I'm, I'm very big on closure as well. And like knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. And a part of that is, is because I like, I can't be a better person if I don't know what I did to upset somebody in the first place. And like, I'm very big on wanting to be a better person and making sure that I don't make the same mistakes, you know, again. And like understanding if it's something that was a, it wasn't a misunderstanding or was it something that I really did that was wrong? Like, and, you know, and so it's very big, it's very important to me to have that closure simply because I think it's like, that's how we, I mean, as you've stated, you know, now and before, like in our experience and us talking and reconciling, it's allowed you to, you know, do more of that with other relationships. And I think that's how, that's how you grow. You know, you learn from an experience Mm -hmm. and you grow from it. Ours was very positive. And I think that's because we had such a good friendship and I don't like, I can't imagine, um, I mean, when you sit back and you think about it, like, and think of all the things, like, it, it, yes, it was a multitude of small things that created this, like, bigger thing that caused things to blow up. And if you look at each one of those smaller items individually, they don't necessarily have as great of an impact. But when you add them all together, they do. And so I don't know, like, thinking about it and, like, really thinking about it, I don't know that we, like, what would have to happen for us to really not be friends. Like, I just, I can't like. Right. Well, now I feel better about talking to you about it too. And I hope Absolutely. That you feel the same. Absolutely. So, well, 
Um, so yeah, no, I completely agree. And that makes me feel like much better about the situation in general. Um, so, and honestly, you know, I think that you were friends with, you were friends with me. So, you know, the situation, I had a friendship that was with this girl, Melissa. I don't feel bad about saying her name. I don't care if she listens to this either. She like, we had a really negative friendship breakup, but unlike you and I, like we really did try, like I said, Hey, can we talk about the things that happened in the past? And she's like, I don't really want to do that. I just want to move forward. And I think because that happened, we were never able to actually move forward because it was really negative and nothing was ever said. It was not ever a place available to address what happened. So I do think though, like if somebody's thinking about a reconciliation with a friend, a lover, family, it should be like, well, we need to have a conversation, which I know like you and I and Julie have been talking about if you ever wanted to talk to the ex that you, you need to have that conversation. I think any relationship, needs to have that conversation and if the person doesn't want to have that with you then that's not a no and I you. think too I think part of it is that it's it, it never ends well when things are not discussed and things and there is no closure like mm-hmm. yes sure maybe on the outside it seems like that person it does better with not talking about things and does better with you know keeping it all inside but if there's no it, eventually it's going to blow up Eventually, things are going to, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be one thing on top of another thing on top of another thing. And because nothing's ever actually said, then things are going to, you know, blow up. Because especially because if let's say person A is the one who's upset at person B and person B never knows why, then they never know what they have to do to make the necessary changes to never upset person A again. So they could be doing the same thing over and over and not have a clue that it's mm-hmm. upsetting. And that's totally. unfair. It's unfair to yes. both parties because like, how are you supposed mm-hmm. to have a successful relationship going forward? Absolutely. But I also think to add to your point, one of the things that I feel like I really truly believe, like I'm a pushover. I'm not really a pushover, but I'm very forgiving. If you apologize to me, I'm usually going to accept your apology unless you did something really egregious, but for petty shit, I'm going to be like, cool, whatever. And like you were also saying, mm-hmm. I can compartmentalize. I really do think, though, about, like, one of the things that you said is that if you – if like, let's say that I'm person A and you're person B, and I'm like, Aaron, the reason why I don't like you is because your hair is blonde and your eyes are blue. And so, you know, unless you change that, I don't really think that I have space for you in my life. I want to note that person B has the right to be like, cool, thanks for telling me. I'm not going to not be blonde and blue-eyed. I cannot fucking – help that and that's what I think like like I, I know I have my shit but I think that's your shit is you definitely are the person where like if somebody told you something like that you would try to yes. fit into their box and unless it's a, if it's a toxic trait for sure take accountability of that you don't want to be a toxic person like if they're like hey Aaron this is this is not what she does by the way I'm just using examples but like you lie um, you are abusive towards me you use abusive language towards me it like hurts my feelings when you're doing if somebody says that and you truly value their friendship, relationship, partnership, whatever, of course you should work on it. I, like I said before, like, I, it's funny. I was talking to Sarah who we both know. And she was like, Oh my God, I was listening to this episode of a podcast where the friends actually went to therapy and it reminded me of, it reminded her of you and I. And I was like, yeah, like, and she said that to me before mm-hmm. I ended up talking to you. And I was like, yeah, she was like, I really think that you and Aaron should talk because you know, it reminded me of you. And I think if you guys talked about it, blah. I think that like that's valid for people like who really want to change and care about the relationship. But if somebody genuinely just doesn't like you and that's who you are and it's a good thing about yourself, 
you should really like you should be like I'm cool being me like there's a line and I think that like for you you really do sometimes you try too much and I think you have to value yourself and be like I'm good enough and if that person doesn't see the good thing like that this is a good thing about me then I'm not and I definitely know that that is it it, it's so correct fundamentally you should not change as a person if who you are as a person is generally a good person like you said of course obviously if you're doing something negative to hurt yourself or hurt others then yes you should take the advice or you know the direction of others and try to fix that and I know that I oftentimes I mean I'm a people pleaser I know I'm a people pleaser I've been this way my entire life it's who I am and so I'm well aware that I oftentimes will try to And I don't know that I try to change who I am fundamentally, but because my goal is usually to try to make others happy, I, without hesitation, a lot of the time will try to do what I have to do to make them happy, even if it goes against like my own happiness or goes against like what I would expect out of a person. Um, And yeah. Right. And you, you would, what I would say is like, you take a piece of your, you'll take a piece of yourself. I saw, I saw you do this with your other ex. You will take a piece of yourself and you will put it on a shelf because that person has told you that they don't think that's good. And it's not like it completely disappears. I think it's in your heart that you still want those things or still value those things, but you will usually take that and shelve it and not show it to them. So you're not even like showing them your true self. And so I, I really just think that, you know, with for you and I'm thinking about like what's going on with you like yeah Mr. R I think you should think about that because I do think you're he's gonna just keep sniffing and you know I think that what Julie said is right and what you feel is right like if you care about the person for sure but like not to the point where you have to take a part of your true self and put it on. Yeah, no, I mean, and I think it all goes back to eventually, like maybe it works out in, in, you know, for a little bit in the beginning, but eventually it's, it's going to come back to bite you in the ass because it's going to, you know, it's going to just fester and it's going to just, it, and it's like this slow burn that eventually is just going to explode and it's not going to lead to anything good. And it's going to cause, and at some point I think it's hard then once it goes on for so long, it's really hard at that point to kind of get down to like the real issue at hand because it's just been so long and it's so many various little things piling on top of each other that you don't even know really anymore like what the true issue you know was or is a hundred percent so agree with that um so and besides like people are you know whenever you're ready apparently there's people that are (laughs) out there waiting for you (laughs) Like Julia's on the head. She's behind the scenes. She's got her husband. I swear to God, before I know it, she's gonna have a Tinder profile and a ship profile and everything else created. So I'm gonna one yeah, day just like, yeah. She's gonna be like, yeah, let's go to the let's go to the museum and all of a sudden. Seriously, be like, like it's gonna yeah. And she's gonna be like, I know it's gonna be you like your of. between the two of you, it's gonna be like your own version of the Bachelorette, like right here in Chicago. I know. Hey, just so you know, still single. <laughs> so, like, I am willing to work on that for you. He's got a Twitter. He's got, like, a promotion and a raise. He works for Barstool now. I mean, he is a yeah, You know, I, I mean, but I, I also have to wonder why. Like, is there a reason? 
you know, and it's just like, <laughs> no. Okay. Here's the reason. Wait, let me break it down for you. Just particularly as a side note about Louis, Louis single, because like he literally went on a date with this girl to the Taylor Swift concert because she liked it. Like he was willing to do that. And this person yes! was too nice. <laughs> Yeah, and like he wore Taylor Swift's like T-shirt and everything. Like I was just like, bless so you. It, I, so I was bless I was um, in an Uber the other day talking to my Uber driver, a gentleman, um, on on the way to dinner, and um, we were talking about how he had. So apparently, Uber drivers are like therapists. They they have all kinds of people, and they're just telling them all kinds of stories. <laughs> and he was like. I have this woman in the car and she's telling me about this guy she was seeing and all of the things he does for her. And, and like, he's like, I couldn't figure out what the problem with him was, but she decided to break up with him because it was basically because he was like too nice. And he was such a good person that she like, couldn't figure it like what was wrong with him. And he's like, and I told her like, they don't make them, they don't make men like that anymore. Like you should. And it's true. (laughs) I mean, we can both agree that I'm I have that right now with M that it's like I struggle to accept yeah. that there is somebody out there that like it's like you want this you want to feel special like this is my struggle I wanted to feel special I wanted to be told these nice things by my ex are and and I wasn't and now all of a sudden I'm getting them from somebody else which I think is so sweet and so nice but because you're not getting it from the person you wanted it from it's almost like it doesn't mean as much which is is a shitty thing like the timing is all wrong and it's a shitty thing but like m is the same way like there he it's like he is overly nice and it's and i don't want to say that that's a it's not a downfall that's the thing like that should not be a reason to not date somebody like it should not be because they are too nice but i think we live in a world where people are not this nice and people are not this forthcoming and people are not this caring. And so when you do come across somebody who's like that, it almost seems disingenuine. It almost seems like it's like a facade and it's not real because we're not used to people being like that. Like those, those types of people are, you know, like one in a million. It's hard to come across somebody who is just that, that kind of genuine caring person who really it like, it really is a part of their personality and a part of who they are to be that kind. I feel like we just have to work on, well, just find someone for you who seems like an asshole, but is only nice <laughs> I don't to want you. that I either, like though. I want somebody who's nice to everybody. I do want someone who's nice. To- no, no, like, they're only nice to people that they like. But, like, you know, kind of like, I don't know, somebody crazy. I don't know. I'll think about it. But I feel like that's your type. Like, somebody who is maybe not that warm and cuddly, but it, like, really cares about you a lot. And maybe, like, is nice to people they know. But like maybe not. I don't know. I don't know if I'd like that because like I'm the type of person that if I'm walking down the street and a stranger says hi to me, like I say hi to them or, you know, if they stop to ask me a question, I stop to answer them or, you know, so I need somebody who I'm trying to think about. I need someone who's like nice to, you know, just people around them. I don't know. But like not too no, nice. No, no, like, that's the thing. Like I appreciate how nice he is. I do. I appreciate how nice he is, and I think like my hesitation isn't that he's an overly nice person. That's definitely not the hesitation. The hesitation is that one, it's coming, it's coming from a person. I'm getting exactly what I want, not from the person I want it from. So like that's the first hesitation. Like that's the biggest hesitation. Yeah. And then two, it's also that like I have to because of how 
sweet and caring and nice he is. And I don't want to obviously upset him or hurt his feelings. I have to know that I am in a position where I'm ready to like reciprocate those feelings to him so that I don't hurt him. And so I have to be secure in my decision of like be if I decide to be with him or if we do end up together, like I have to be confident in that decision um, that I can give him everything that he gives me because it would be unfair. It would be absolutely unfair to him. And so that's, the other that's thing. really nice. I feel like you, you need like a period at the end of yeah. the R thing. I, I like, I, I'm not advising you in any way. I'm just like, I feel like until that happens, it's going to probably, you know, I feel like the relationship with your other. Yeah. S- I mean, you can say his name. He's so long gone. I don't know if anybody. <laughs> It'll be great. Cause Sterling will somehow find this podcast and then like, seriously, yeah, like, yeah. Aaron, yeah. are you kidding me? He would be the one Absolutely. person to find this podcast. Absolutely. I don't doubt that. <laughs> He'd be like, ooh. He's like, ooh, girl, we have to talk. That would be oh, right up, yes. that would be right <laughs> up, right up his alley. Absolutely. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I would not be surprised. Uh, but, like, I think, now I know. It would be like, huh, that's great. I'm so interested in listening <laughs> to this whole entire show. But I feel like with him I think it was easier for you to move on after like the last time it ended when we were friends and you were dating and then it was just done even though I like I said I think he was like on his best behavior because his mom told him to be um but I I just at that point it was like it took eight years yeah it took eight years and it was like and and I think what it was that I kind of felt like which is what I'm trying to avoid with R and this is why I said like unless he actually him R unless he actually comes to me himself and says I was wrong. We should actually talk about this, like have a real conversation about this without mm-hmm. me in any form or fashion prompting, prompting him to do so, which I know is not going to happen. Like, and I think that was my biggest thing. It was like, I think what it, it almost felt to me. And I know, so there, you, this is a fine line. You've got to be careful because I hate when, and I've done this myself and I've done it recently when you ask for something and then the person does it. And then your response is, well, you're only doing it because I asked you to do it. Like that's, I do that. Oh, I, we all I do, do it. Like whether we want to admit it or not, like in, in at some point we've all done it or will do it. And so I think that's what it was. I think, but I think after like, it was like eight years in and I kind of was just like, why did it take, why couldn't you have done this when I asked you this six years ago or seven years ago? Like, why couldn't this have been different? Right. Why did it take all the way until now for this to be, for you to change and for this to be different. And I don't want to say change. Cause like, I'm never in like the, like I don't go into a relationship with the mindset of, well, he's okay. But once I get him to change X, Y, and Z, he'll be great. Like I never intend to try to change people. It's like, here's what I need. And if you can't give this to me, then I don't think it's going to work for me. And so I think that's what it was is at the end of the eight years, I was just kind of like, and I think part of it too was there was something that you had told me back at one of like towards the end when Sterling and I were a little rocky and uh, trying to figure things out. And you had made the comment to me um, stating that like, no one, no one gets to tell you that your feelings are invalid. And I remember you telling me this and I, it really resonated with me. And I think that's what's resonated with me now and has allowed me to not put in another eight years before I'm like, this is fucked up. And I walk away. Like I'm a year in and I'm like, I don't want, if this is what my life is going to look like. And it's this constant cycle. I don't want it because this is how I feel. And even if you don't directly say to me, well, you're not allowed to feel like that, or that doesn't make sense or anything like that. By you telling me, I am not going to give you the courtesy of a conversation 
to try to resolve the issue or to try to make you feel better, that is you telling me that you don't validate my feelings and you don't value who I am as a person. And so it's like, I'm not yeah. going to, I'm not going to keep putting in this effort if my feelings don't actually matter to you. And so I think that really it's, it is similar in a sense. And I think that's what happened with, with Sterling. It's just that it was so much time and so much effort. And at the end of it, it's like, do you even still, re- are you just like, at, like, do you really actually care about me? Cause if you do, and you're willing to make the changes, why couldn't they have, you know, why couldn't we have worked through this much earlier in the relationship instead of spending eight years going through this same cycle? Right. No, I think you're right. And I'm happy that you're able to do that with R. S. Because, no, <laughs> R. Sorry. Um, because I feel like I don't know what the end of that will be. So like the next time we talk, I'm so curious. I think everybody who listens to this, people love relationship <laughs> shit. So, like, well, I'll be curious to hear, like, what happens. Just so everyone knows, most recently, like, when was it? Like, you haven't so talked talk to him, him for since, like, two? October 29th. He reached out. He reached okay. out to ask me um, how my mom is doing. And and he and I responded to him. And then he sent me another message, which I never responded to. Which is why I find the message that he sent me yesterday to be so funny. Because, like, I didn't respond to the last yes. message. So what – in the last – in the message from yesterday, he had stated that he was trying to let things settle. And I find it very funny to a point because it's, like, what what in your mind needs to settle? I didn't respond to the last message you sent me at the end of October. So why do you think – what so do you – like, this is, I think, going to be his new thing. Oh, my gosh. So really quickly, I know we have to wrap this up, but I have a funny side note. When, so you know Heidi. Heidi has this ex who, you, who does this thing where he only texts her, like, quarterly, basically. And he just goes, like, hey, baby, like, how are you? And I swear to God, I really think that that's what Ari's doing, where he's just, like, waiting in for the moment where he can just, like, randomly text you and you're actually going to be, like, at such a low point that you're just, like – I'm good. Like just easy. I think that's like what he's waiting on. I think he's just waiting on the moment for, for he's going to keep fishing until one day he's hopeful that he'll catch you at a low point And you're going to be like, Oh, yeah. I miss you. like something like something, but I feel like he doesn't want to make any changes. So he's just kind of like going to just keep reaching out every now and again, just to kind of see, you know, I think they call it like Probably. fishing or like something like that. Well, I mean, just he is see, 41 and see, still like, single. So like he obviously has no problem with waiting. Like, I mean, let's be honest. He is 41 and still single. And so, and his last relationship before me was a long distance one. So like clearly his, his, yes. So sure clearly like, like patients are not running thin for him. So like, I think like the consistency will always be there. Um, And I think part of it too is my, like my fault of my own is that in the past, um, prior to October, anytime he would message me, I would respond. I would respond immediately and I would answer and, you know, and then I would agree to hang out and I never did really stand my ground in what I wanted. Um, And I think that, you know, that's partially my fault, um, but I have to make sure it's different this time around and it's different so that he knows that, you know, it's, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to keep doing this same cycle. Good for you. Julie I know. Yeah. She has it her way. Yeah. I'll lose his number and, you know, <laughs> seriously. Yes. Yeah. Or, or I'll be on bachelorette or shipped or something. Shit. 
Yes, one of those things, definitely. Like, for sure, you'll be, like, something on there, meeting somebody somewhere. But um, anyway, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and we will invite you back. I'm so happy that we have reconnected, so happy we're friends. Um, Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Talk to you soon. You know, as different as everything seems this holiday season, one thing still holds true year after year. Everybody loves holiday scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. And with tickets available from $1 to $20, they're the perfect gift for anyone on your list 18 years or older. So, stay safe this year and play it safe with your gift-giving. Give scratch-offs from the Ohio Lottery. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Please play responsibly. Two kinds of bacon and all kinds of delicious. Say hello to Donato's new Bacon Duo pizzas. Two pizzas, each with two kinds of bacon. Try the new Pepperoni Bacon Duo with pepperoni, Canadian bacon, and hardwood smoked bacon. And the Chipotle Bacon Duo with Canadian bacon and Chipotle seasoned bacon. Now get $2 off a large Bacon Duo or any large pizza. Use promo code 2. Donato's. Every piece is important. 